Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, what's, what's on the agenda for this episode? Well, I think we'll title it, Let's Fight. No, I'm sorry. Let's not fight. <laughs> let's call it Conflict Resolution. So someone asked, how do we help kids who maybe don't have social cues, like we just talked about in our last episode, uh, have some conflict and come out not swinging? So where would we start there, Becky? What do you think? Well, it, it is a great question, and I think it's one that, you know, bears thinking about whether you're a school-aged child or an adult, because certainly conflicts arise at every, at every age and every developmental level. The, the key to remembering uh, conflicts and how to resolve them is that it takes two people to have a conflict. So I think that's the first thing that I always try to teach kids is it takes two it takes two people to have a conflict so that idea of a, a of, of understanding what the conflict is and instead of you know two reptilian brains going at each other if one person says something um, that is offensive or uh, otherwise aggravating instead of coming back and trying to go over the top you know it's the stop and pause and give it a beat. So um, it takes two, two, two people aggressing. So it is hard to teach that to kids to stop, wait, pause. And a lot of times they'll say, you know, stop, somebody says something and you don't agree with it or you don't like it or something happens and you don't like it, stop and count to 10. 10 is a long time. <laughs> I would say 20, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but understanding what the conflict is in the first place is the key and taking a beat and instead of getting on that person's level mirroring not mirroring that but going the opposite direction so if you yell at me i'm getting softer the other thing and i i know lisa um many of us all all of us in education have learned about active listening um and repeating questions etc etc but if somebody comes at me and says oh you blah blah, blah you did this then I'm likely to say, oh, I see that you're upset because you feel like I, you know, offended you. So it's almost that restatement and starting that communication instead of starting that as an argument. Hopefully that makes sense to you. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I know that does make sense to me. And, and I, I, you know, I like your rep, 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 reptile brain um, thought because I, I do think that sometimes, you know, when we don't stop, breathe, and literally count to 20, or get, again, if you're going to count to 10, you got a referee count, which is completely different than 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Becky, I don't agree with you, okay? That tends to be what we do, uh, and, and we actually increase our stress. It should be some deep breaths. It should be counting to 20, which we all know that. But this is a really strange way to stop conflict, one of two. As you said, it takes two people. One is to walk away and say, I'd like to talk to you when I'm not so, when you're not so upset so we can have a conversation. Or the second one is apologize. You know, I always say that you always get the last word in. Don't tell my husband he's not here right now. But again, I do that a lot. You know, if, if something is not going, I say, okay, I'm sorry. I did it. Okay, I did it. I'm sorry. Because what can you say after that? Well, right. you need to be sorrier, you know, that's not okay with me. And so I think we often forget to tell kids, um, all kids, but especially kids with disabilities, you know, we say, stand up for yourself, be a self-advocate, blah, blah, blah. But then there's also time to say, I was wrong and I'm sorry. 
And I think that conflict that we actually create in trying to give them a voice sometimes takes their voice away because they end up being in a conflict situation. So I'm really big on, so Becky, if I apologize to you in the future, you know, I'm trying to stop the conversation (laughs) because again, once you do that, there really isn't anywhere else to go. Cause literally if you're genuinely sorry, uh, we should be able to move on. And you know, you and I both have been in lots of conflictual relationships, not between us. We don't fight a lot once in a while, but even at universities and districts, people arguing with us. And yet what we often find is if you don't engage, it's, it, you really do win. Right. Well, and that it, let's just say that I'm not sorry because I, I, I did believe in what I did or said, et cetera. I think the, you know, the counterpart of that is when somebody goes, I can't believe that you did X, Y, or Z. You apologize specifically for, you know, how you've made that person feel mm-hmm. and say, you know, I'm, sorry that you don't agree with my assessment. I made the best decision possible. And you use that as a broken record. So no matter what you say to me after that, I say, I'm sorry that you disagree with my assessment, but I made the best decision possible. And getting that broken record until the other person can deescalate is a strategy that I, I have used probably my whole life, but getting kids to understand how to use that strategy obviously is the key and getting them to understand, as you said, acknowledging when you're wrong or being willing, willing and able to diffuse a situation when you do feel like you're right. And so knowing, knowing how to deescalate the situation. One of the things that um, was a real advantage for me when I was, a, uh, was I did work with great collaborators in all kinds of classrooms uh, who would model conflict resolution with me because it was very much needed. And again, I've said often, I I primarily worked at the middle school level. I worked elementary and high school, but my main area was middle school. And as you know, that age range tends to be really embroiled in conflict because they're just learning to argue really well Mm -hmm. uh, and to disagree. And they're so hypersensitive to everything. So uh, one case in particular Um, I had a sixth period, last period of the day math class that I co-taught, and we had, you know, seven kids with emotional behavioral disorders included in that class, you know, tough content, tough class, and it was important that they learn some social skills, but instead of doing it in a worksheet, I just told my co-teacher, hey, Brian, listen, tomorrow when I come in, pick a fight with me in front of the kids. I said, it doesn't even matter. Just make something up. I just need to model conflict resolution. So I walked in the next day and I kind of had forgotten that I told Brian that. And I walked in the door and in front of all of the kids, Brian said, Miss Hines, I can't believe you parked in my parking space this morning. And I looked at him for a moment because, of course, we didn't have a sign parking spaces. And I realized what he was doing. And I said, wow, Mr. Makovic, I see you're really upset. And he said, of course I'm upset. That's my parking space. And I got here and I didn't have anywhere to park. And so then I'm like, I'm like a stage actor. I'm looking at the kids as though Brian can't hear me saying, wow, he's really mad right now. I've got to give him a minute. Let me just keep him talking for a minute and see if I can get him to calm down. Mr. McAvick, I wasn't aware that was your, you know. And the more I could stay calm, then even though we hadn't practiced conflict resolution, by nature, if one person stays calm and talks through it, you know, then the other person can usually 
de-escalate. And so by the end, it was me saying, Mr. Makovic, I'm very sorry that I parked in your spot. And now that I'm aware, I won't do that next time. And of course, by then he's like, okay, well, just don't do it next time. But the whole time I would just look, look out to the kids, like in a stage whisper saying, wow, this guy, you know, and uh, they kind of felt like they were included, but it, it was very much um, clear to me that there were some kids who never saw conflicts appropriately resolved and never saw arguments appropriately resolved. And I think we forget that sometimes. Sometimes we're the ones um, that are having the appropriate adult interactions and we do need to almost invent opportunities to model that type of conflict resolution. Yeah, I'm, and I'm gonna go to my one of my weird jobs in conflict resolution and give a little advice. So I had the privilege of being a sorority house mother um, at a very young age when people were not sure I wasn't a member. Uh, and then I married my husband and as newlyweds, we moved into a sorority house with 28 women. I'll just let that simmer for a moment. Um, probably the only woman who married her husband and said, please move in with me and 28 young women. And so we would laugh at, you know, she took my toothbrush or she had a, you know, a friend over later or whatever. And so what we learned very early on, and I think it's good advice when you have multiple children. Um, I only had one. So this is my advice from being a house parent is, you know, we always said, I'm sorry, what did you say again? You know, blah, 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 did this. I'm like, good, stay right here. I would go find blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, all right, now I can listen because you're both present because I don't have the bandwidth and the time to he said she said and, and usually it'd be like well next time ask me before oh okay i'll ask you great and they'd walk away usually the conflict lasted about 30 seconds i used that same model in the neighborhood when i was the hangout house when all the boys would come over they'd mrs deeker so and so i'm like oh, okay you know i really all can go home oh well we're not fighting anymore <laughs> oh okay because yeah. if you are you can all go home so i think also modeling that that conflict doesn't have to be stirred and boiled it can be resolved. And that's what conflict resolution means. And I think the quickest way to resolve it is face-to-face -face and words, calmed and breathing. If you find that can't happen and your kids are really fighting, separate them. You know, when I have, wow, she, I, I, you know what? We'll meet tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. You both think about what you want to say. I'm not going to keep adding fuel to the fire. So do make sure as you're helping your kids learn to resolve conflict, that you don't let them have kerosene and gasoline to ignite that fire even greater. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great tip. And I, I think I would, uh, my final thought on this particular topic is to remind people of the body language of conflict. So anyone who has done any kind of crisis, you know, training um, or learned about how to uh, manage aggressive physical interactions, I think some of the same things we learn about body language and, uh, you know, if one person's standing, then sit <laughs> you know um how what, what what subtle things can i do that that are going to appear less threatening and even teacher student conflict which we didn't mention if you're a teacher and you're engaging in this and it's you know stoop down you know if the student's sitting that is an authoritarian you know um physically more aggressive stance than being eye to eye. So meet me at the back table to discuss this is much better than me leaning over a student and having a conflict. So similarly, teaching kids, you mentioned teach them to walk away, but if it's a conversation that they need to have, teach them to, invite, to find a neutral spot. Let's sit over here and talk about this.
And if I'm the teacher, I might say, why don't you guys go sit over there and talk about this? If it is something to talk about, if it's, if it's fully aggressive, just knowing little things like not, not squaring up to a, to a person, um, one foot slightly back, slightly turned is a, a far less aggressive stance than being completely, you know, confronting somebody physically. Well, and I'll just end with, you know, I like to end any conflict I have by reaffirming what I like about the person. So think about that when your kids are con having conflict, if you as a teacher are having a conflict with a student, if two students are having conflict, see if you can end the resolution by, but is there one thing you can tell me that you value about blank? And it really does make a new start because I think often conflict gets resolved, but it simmers. Uh, I find that especially for adolescent girls um, that, you know, they still remember what they did in August to each other. But if you end by, well, let me affirm, yeah, Becky, what I really like about you is you've got a great sense of humor. And so that then is a walk away. The last thing hopefully you remember then is what I said good about you instead of the conflict we had. So that would be my my last tip. So, well, thank you for joining us uh, at Practical Access. And if you have any questions, please send them to us as a tweet at Access Practical.